this is Jeff Peavy with Collision Boost Radio. We're back with the series of If You Love This Industry, It Will Love You Back, where we're interviewing some of the industry's best-known professionals who have a real passion for what they do in hopes to provide some inspiration and guidance for you as a newcomer in this industry. Today, we're going to be interviewing Kai Young, owner of European Motor Car Works in Costa Mesa, California, and I think you're really going to find inspiration and guidance from Kai. Okay, so Kai, I, I, first of all, thank you for being here, uh, taking the time to interview with us. You know, as I've learned your story or little bits and pieces of, of your story and, and learned more and more about your shop, which I understand is one of the, one of the nicest shops in the country, actually. I, I, uh, I thought you would fit into this theme of uh, interviewing some of the best-known people in the industry who have a real passion for what, for what they do, and I... Uh, identified you very quickly as being someone who could provide some inspiration and uh, guidance. So uh, again, thank you. I, I, uh, I'd like to start by having you just tell us what you currently do. Okay, well, I'm the president of European Motor Car Works. We're located in Southern California. I opened the business when I was 20 years old, and this is my 44th year. Wow. So we basically catered to certified programs. I was very fortunate to be nominated in the year 2000 by Aston Martin to participate. It was one of the first manufacturers to decide that they needed a program to ensure that their cars were repaired properly. Mm -hmm. So currently we're uh, certified for Aston Martin, McLaren, uh, Jaguar, Land Rover, and Tesla. Wow. That's what we do today. Mm Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's in pretty incredible. I know uh, uh, you had a passion for those kind of cars early early on, I guess, too, right? Yeah, I was born in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and as a British citizen. Mm-hmm. And so when my mom and dad migrated to the United States, um, you know, music had a heavy influence uh, <laughs> back then. Jan and Dean and stuff, I was just infatuated with hot rods and, mm-hmm. and cars in general. And as I got older, you know, I started looking at some of the British vehicles since I, at the time, had a, a dual citizenship. And as I grew up, I, uh, you know, thought to myself, you know, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I want to work on cars, but our Asian culture dictates differently. So my my mom and dad were the only youngs that actually came to the United States. The rest of our family stayed in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So he had aspirations that, you know, because of the move and, and the sacrifice that maybe I would amount to something that would be better than, <laughs> than if they stayed home. <clears throat> so it was difficult for me to say, hey, Dad, I want to work on cars, when he wanted, obviously, to write back and says, hey, my, my son's a, a doctor or an attorney <laughs> or whatever. So I was an architect. I had a, a talent for art, and that was my major through school. Mm-hmm. But obviously, deep in my heart, you know, I wanted to work on cars. Yeah. So growing up, um, you know, I took the auto shop. Uh, luckily, back then we had industrial arts, so I did everything I could to to, to learn about that. I remember mm-hmm. reading the Popular Mechanics in the day. Any type of journal I read, yeah, and just filled my my base with automotive things while I was studying to be an architect. Uh-huh. So you know, flash forward um, when I went to college, I took a uh, community college. I took a an elective auto body repair they had that type of class offered so that could work on my own vehicle <laughs> so what was interesting is <clears throat> we went in there and uh, I, I spent the first and second semester thinking that I would be able to work on my own vehicle 
but the instructor had me working on special projects and things like that, which um, I I just thought he had an issue with me, right? <laughs> so I stopped going. Third semester, I stopped going. It was four semesters. And so he saw me on campus and he said, you know, I, I, I don't understand. You, you're such, you know, so gifted in this. And I don't see why you're not coming back to my class. And I says, hey, quite honestly, I just went in and, and uh, thought I could repair my own vehicle and, mm-hmm. then, and then move on. Mm-hmm. So he says, well, you really have a knack for it. I thought you wanted to do this, you know, for a living. So I had you on these special projects. Mm-hmm. So then I thought about it and said, geez, you know, here I got somebody that says, hey, you're good at something, right? <laughs> yeah. Just what I wanted to hear. Right. So I went back and I finished the course uh, in three semesters and started working part-time in a restoration shop. Back in the day in the mid-70s, restoration was just coming mm-hmm. of age. So I would go to school, then work later on in the afternoon, um, you know, sometimes till midnight. Yeah. Long story short, uh, I it was too much for me, so I quit the the automotive mm-hmm. uh, job and concentrated on my schoolwork. And unknown to me, some of the customers had pulled their cars out and contacted me and wanted me to finish the vehicles. <laughs> so luckily, my my mom and dad had a three car garage, and these two cars show up, and of course I buy a compressor and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And, Oh, I got kicked out of there in about two weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. So I actually rented a small little 400-square-foot shop mm-hmm. and, you know, with the thought of fixing these vehicles. And from there, the, just the location was uh, next to a sandwich shop, so there was a lot of people that were coming by. And one of them happened to be a writer, and he was intrigued but about the restoration. I wrote a little story about me. Mm-hmm. And then people started coming, and uh, we started restoring cars, and we were winning shows. And all of a sudden, Dad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open a business, right? <laughs> and which he wasn't too happy with. <laughs> yeah. But my uh, future father-in-law at the time, uh, I was 19. I said, Don, I says, I'm thinking about doing this automotive uh, restoration company. You know, what do you think? He says, Man, I, you know, you're. You're so young that even if it didn't work, you can always go back to school. So there we go, 20 years Good old. Good advice. Yeah. yeah. I opened up and never looked back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a that's interesting. I uh, Yeah, I've been kicked out of my parents' garage too, painting cars, so <laughs> I know that. Right. I can relate to that really sure. well. It does get in your blood. It's, uh, yep. it's really... Uh, there's a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in, in <clears throat> I've, I've, a couple of things that I've... I've been telling the Collision Boost listeners. Um, for me, working on the car uh, as a technician, I saw a finished product, something I worked on with my hands, and now it looks brand new again, or better than brand new. And I, uh, I and it's a little addictive, right? You just really you get this satisfaction that's uh, the, uh, that there's a lot of things you can do for a living that you don't get. Uh, but I. One of the things we also stress, and I, it, it it shows up in your story, is uh, being a sponge, uh, learning everything you can from everybody you can, and that seems to make you stand out. And then there's people in the industry that will will take you under their wing and really, you know, take some time with you and really help provide some guidance. So uh, that's a that's really uh, yeah. How, how many employees do you have at your shop now? We have twenty five. Twenty five. That's a pretty good size operation to keep up with. Yeah, yeah and I. Uh, I know you, you definitely the the cars that you're working on. You have to have a lot of uh, equipment 
the right equipment for the right cars and a lot of training too. And, that's yeah. that's right. The you know it's it's amazing that you know today the shops that are trying to get on board the investment is just absolutely astronomical. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate because we were like I said before in the year two thousand when we first started participating. You know we made that initial investment, and one of the the nice things that happened was progressively as new manufacturers came on board, a lot of the equipment that we already had was approved. Well, that was good. So we didn't have to duplicate or buy another brand. Mm-hmm. And that was basically, at the time it wasn't a planned strategy move, <laughs> but, but it turned out to be uh-huh. because of the type of cars we worked in, uh, mainly English vehicles that a lot of the manufacturers use a lot of the same equipment. Mm-hmm. So by chance, we were able to garner more certifications without the initial capital. Oh, that was good. Yeah. So over the years, you know, we would duplicate, we would add, um, you know, frame machines. You know, I think we have like eight frame machines now that are dedicated for the structural. And what happens is uh, as new equipment is required is not a burden to, mm-hmm. to purchase that whereas if you came in cold and had to buy it all at one time that would be a tough decision for, for mm-hmm. someone to make yeah yeah i uh we certainly are living through a time of, of rapid change and we you know it's something i tell young people i guess you can respond to this is uh, experience is important i never want to downplay experience but probably of any time in our industry lack of experience is probably not as big a deal as it used to be because of the so many changes happening. It's more about getting on board now and learning as quick as you can. And um, so, to me, it's a it's a it's a good time for someone to come in if they're if they're willing to keep up. Sure. And uh, so, you know, one of the other questions uh, that I've been asking in this series is, what do you think is important to understand as a newcomer to our industry? Is there something that stands out to you? And that, that's a great question because over the 44 years, we've had, you know, a lot of employees come mm-hmm. through there and we've retained a lot of good employees. My oldest employee has been with me 37 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Majority of them about 20 years. Yeah, that says a lot about your shop. <laughs> well, it, it's the mentorship, the apprenticeship that we try to offer. But I, I got to tell you something that when I was driving over here thinking about some of these questions of what motivates, you know, a young person. I remember, as I mentioned previously, you know, musically, I remember when Paul McCartney left the Beatles and he made his own album mm-hmm. and he played every instrument and sung yeah. every track. <laughs> and I used to think that was just absolutely phenomenal that that somebody could master each segment. And I, I kind of patterned the same thing. I mm-hmm. said, hey, you know, I went in as a body man, became a painter, became, you know, a panel beater, became a welder. I just wanted to do everything to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much time in a day. And so some of the advice that I, I would say to a lot of younger people is that, you know, it's, it's, you set short-term goals and long-term goals and you chip at them. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, a lot of the times I see that, uh, that people or younger people that come in don't take advantage of the, a skill set that's just given to them by God, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, doing things, coming to work on time having good attire, good attitude, those things are free. Mm-hmm. 
And along with those is once you have those, the skill sets come with that because yeah. people will notice that, hey, this individual is special mm-hmm. and we're going to make sure that we spend more time with this person. If you came in with, you know, a poor attitude, obviously, sometimes, you know, that rubs your mentors or your boss the wrong way. And they, you know, your basic, your body language is say, hey, I'm not that interested yeah. in what I'm doing. So, you know, my advice would be, sure, you get an hour lunch every day, you eat your lunch, but that 50 minutes that you have set aside, you know, physically, if it's a demanding job, pick up a publication, learn about the industry, learn about things that, you know, you're not familiar with so that when you have that opportunity to step up, that at least you know something about it. I think a lot of my technicians that are cross-trained that cross-training only happened because of the opportunity. When someone was sick and we need someone to fill in, mm-hmm. we are able to grab somebody that wasn't, let's say, in that particular uh, segment. Mm-hmm. And let's say uh, if you were a body man's help and all of a sudden we needed help in the paint shop. And that person always eyed the paint shop when he was at break because uh-huh. he wanted to know everything. Right. We put him in that and found out that, hey, he, he became a painter down the road. He started out as a body tech and then ultimately became a painter because his skill set was that. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, you know, that I tell young people, you, you you can set really high goals, but as you chip away at it, you know, you might come to a fork in the road and, you know, don't let, you know, that hinder you. Don't be afraid to take that next level because like my father-in-law said you're so young mm-hmm. that even you pick that wrong road you can make a u-turn come back and take that other road wow that's that's good advice that's yeah. great advice uh, that that's so good I, I don't know if i even need to ask this last question because it's tied to it and is there any final advice you'd give to someone coming into our industry other than what you just said yeah i the, the main thing is that you know in, in every job our, our i have to say our world is such a small world now mm-hmm not not to, to to mention to young people it says that if you want to go and experience another venue you know give your employer notice mm-hmm. because you might not it might not be that green <laughs> yeah and you may want to come back mm-hmm. uh to be frank my best employees have some of them have left me three times <laughs> and they were better when they came back cuz of life experience yeah. you know as a boss it was good to let them go mm-hmm. just so they could see what was out there. And then when they came back, they always brought something back with them. And I think that that relationship of letting you know the, the owners know why you're leaving so that they understand maybe they could have done something different. And you leave the door open, then you may want to come back. That, I think that would be the best best advice I could give them. That's great advice. Well, I wow, that's uh, some real pearls of wisdom. And I think our... Collision Boost listeners are going to really enjoy that. I really do appreciate you taking the time, Kai, to, to be uh, uh, on our episode here. And, and uh, uh, just for the listeners, again, if you have any questions or comments, uh, collisionboostradio at gmail.com. Just uh, drop us a line if there's anything you'd like to know more about. We're committed to trying to help you any way we can. So we would, uh, we would get you an answer, and we'd do another episode to answer it. So, uh, again, Kai, thank you for uh, being here. Thank a pleasure. you. Thank you. Yeah!